And this is different than anything, any clinic around. Workouts that are tailored for her, and that really makes a difference. Really personal. I've gotten way more mobile, stronger, flexible. So everything just improves me to the next level. Welcome to the On Cue Performance Therapy Podcast, where we push sports performance and physical therapy to its apex. We change the game by bringing together the brightest minds in the field to offer best practices and question how things are done today. I'm your host, Mike Quintins, physical therapist and expert in sports orthopedics. I'm living my dream and open a clinic that unites all elements of sports medicine under one roof to drive recovery and performance outcomes. What's up, guys? This is Mike Quintins with the Performance Therapy Podcast. I'm here today with Coach Chris Conlon, close friend, current coach of the Strathaven High School boys basketball team. Chris was a multi-sport athlete at Immaculata University where he developed a passion to both teach and coach. Chris started his coaching career at Pancras High School then went off to Springside Chestnut Hill Academy only to return back to Pancras and win two district titles as an assistant head coach. Chris is now the head coach at Strathaven High School. How was your last season Chris? We had a good last season. Uh, we were 17 and 11. Um, made the Central League playoffs, our league playoffs. Uh, we made the district playoffs and the state playoffs. Um, no championships, but pretty good for our, for our team. Made a good year all around. And what had happened the year before you were there? Uh, the year before uh, was a three-win season for the team. Um, so a lot of the similar kids just uh, getting getting older, getting a little bit bigger and stronger, and you know, a new system seemed to work well. And uh, like I said, we we made the playoffs for all three, our league, district, and state, which was impressive. Um, so. Looking forward on building on that for next year. It's a uh, big shoes to, to, to fill there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of expectations coming into next year, especially considering we have a good amount of the same same guys coming back. I think we lost two seniors um, from the starting lineup and then four seniors total, two guys that helped off the bench a little bit. So, um, you know, the majority of the guys are coming back. Our leading scorers coming back. So two leading scorers are coming back. So big expectations. So fill me in on that. What was your secret to success, in your opinion? I think the biggest thing is was, you know, new coach coming into a new group of guys. Was, it was getting them to buy into the system that we we were going to put in place and getting them to buy into themselves, first of all. I mean, their confidence wasn't great coming off of that season, so just getting them to buy into themselves and have some confidence individually and then putting that into the team aspect of uh, our system and what we wanted to do defensively and offensively, I think, um, was huge. And, and they did, and then obviously – Winning, winning kind of helps. Once we start winning, it gets contagious, and guys just want to keep working and keep keep building on that stuff. So, like college, most high schools in our area are either a football school or a basketball school. And I'm not sure you've been asked this, but uh, Strathaven traditionally is a football school. Uh, so, uh, what is your take on that? You had gone to Pencrest, right down the street from Strathaven, uh, Crosstown Rivals. So you're very familiar with Strathaven. You obviously coach Pancras. So fill me in on, on what that's like. Yeah, so I took a lot of a lot of heat for taking this Strathaven job considering I was a Pancrest graduate and um, you know, coached at Pancrest the three years previous to being in Strathaven. Uh so a lot of people gave me a lot of heat for that. Um but uh, as far as football and basketball goes, I would say Pancrest was definitely a basketball school. I mean we had a pretty good winning tradition there basketball wise and um football, you know, 
working through some things, a couple different coaches. Um, but Strathaven, on the other hand, I think um, traditionally, like you said, as a football school back in the, I guess it was the 90s, had a bunch of state championships, a couple guys go to the NFL. Um, so recently I'd say, again, they're probably more football uh, recently, but hopefully we can uh, generate some interest with basketball and get some guys moving with that. I've had the pleasure of going to a couple of games. I uh, wish I could have gotten them more. And it was fun to get there. I mean, it was. You were yeah. at the craziest game. The Pencrest Strathaven basketball game this year was nuts. Uh, and who won that game, Kieran? Strathaven at the buzzer. I was, just like you drew it up. Just like I drew it up. Uh, three point shot from just uh, what, 10 feet behind the three point line? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it was a couple steps in from half court. So he just pulled up three seconds on on the clock. Very impressive. Threw it up and swished just like huge coach, win on the road. Threw it up first time in how long? I don't know. A couple yes, years, did. two years. Uh, that was a while. Three years. Yeah. I'm not but, really sure. Uh, at least at Pancrest, it was a while. At Pancrest. Yeah, at Pancrest has been a long time. What was it like taking down Coach Doyle uh, and your your former school? What was that like? Uh, it was great. I mean, you you, you want to win every game, obviously. Um, Coach Doyle means a lot to me. He's taught me a lot basketball-wise, and he's just a great guy that, that I've been around uh, for a long time. I played for him in high school. So, um, you know, we have a great relationship. So, you know, uh, he, he he doesn't like losing, just like any other coach. So, um, you know, it was, it was fun. It was exciting. Nice to do on the road. A lot of people came out to support, like you, a lot of old classmates and friends and friends' parents were there. So it was packed house. It was pretty cool. I noticed you have a very special relationship with your – uh, student athletes that I don't see very often uh, on the basketball court, at least uh, share a little bit of that uh, with our listeners and, uh, and maybe how that came to fruition against coach Doyle and, and, and Pancras. I mean, I think um, building a trust with your, your student athletes, with your players is huge. Um, you know, there's going to be times where you have to kind of get after them and yell at them a little bit and you need them to know that deep down at the end of the day, you're doing that because you want to, you know, make them successful and you want to push them in the right direction and push the team in the right direction. So I think building that trust um, is huge. And I mean, as you know, I'm kind of an easygoing guy that likes to have a good time, like to joke around. Um, so I think part of, for me being a head coach is, is letting them know that, yeah, I'm going to, there's going to be times where I'm going to, you know, have fun with you. And there's going to be times where we're down to business and just kind of getting them to understand both sides of that when it's time to have fun, when it's a time to get, get our mind right and get ready for, you know, a game or a practice. Um, and it just transitions in the games. I mean, at the end of that game, uh, particularly Coach Doyle knew everything I was trying to do, and I kind of knew what he was trying to do since we've coached together for three years. And I, you know, like I said, I played for him. So there was, I think, three or four timeouts there for the, you know, in a row. I called timeout, drew up a play. We went out on the court. He saw what I was about to do. He called timeout and told the team what I was about to do. I switched the play. We went back on the court, and you know, it just, you know, I think there was three or four timeouts, and then. You know, our, our guy just took the ball and shot it and made a, made a great play, which, again, makes coaches look good when the guys just decide to make plays like that. But um, just having them trust you down the stretch like that is huge. So tell me a little bit about your coaching style uh, and how it's different. So I would consider you a little bit more of a traditionalist uh, with some things. Uh, however, at least like in terms of sports, uh, but I also uh, recognize you as having a different relationship with your athletes that I haven't really seen before. So. Uh, touch on that a little bit and, and how that affects the, the gameplay. So I think like, you know, with sports right now, like analytics and things like that are huge and people are always looking at numbers and how they can get an advantage through statistics and, you know, percentages and things like that. And I know while I 
look at that obviously and we we use that for ourselves as coaches um you know traditionally you know i i started the same five guys every game this year um part of that's a credit to you because none of them got injured but i started the same five guys every game this year and there was times where we looked at it and it was like oh maybe this is a better fit for this guy or this guy but you know i stuck with that and again i think that's kind of the trust component of you know i'm trusting those five guys as my starters and um you know those are the guys that i'm going to put out there and i think if you look at other you know, teams and even professional sports lineups change. I mean, the Sixers change their lineup all the time, depending on certain things. Um, if you look at like baseball changing a lineup, you know, I think the Phillies last year with Kapler changed their lineup every single night when they were winning with Manuel. They played the same guys every night in the same position. So, like, I think it's just kind of you know my style. I I I want to you know those guys earn that starting spot and they need to keep it, especially when we're being successful. I think that a lot of trust goes into that, uh, and that's mutual trust. So trust that you have in you know your student athletes to to make plays, and and vice versa to step up. So uh, tell me about that. For sure, I think you know, like I said, there's times where watching film or preparing for a game where a coach says, you know, maybe this guy would fit better, you know, basketball, especially with matchups on offense and defense. Maybe this guy would fit better in this role to start this game, um, but you know. Like I said, I wanted to stick with the guys that are in that spot and the guys that you know we trusted. And I think down the road, that makes guys, you know, like this year and the next year coming up, want to earn that spot and knowing that, hey, if I earn that spot, you know, coach is really going to trust me with that and, and you know, I'm going to keep that spot and, and keep moving with that. So so we're amidst this whole COVID-19 virus and PIAA is going to come out with a ruling probably within the next couple of weeks, so, so we think. Uh, about what's going to happen with fall sports. Uh, winter sports also uh, has a, a second wave maybe coming or what have you. Uh, tell me what's going through your mind as a coach and, and building off of a 17-11 and 11 season uh, and with all these, these young athletes. Tell me about some of that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been really hard. And it's been, you know, for me, this is kind of my first offseason with the team. I got the job last summer, probably midway through the summer. So it's kind of my first offseason with the team. It's just been hard because – um, you're kind of trusting in your guys to be doing stuff on their own. Um, you're sending them things and, and honestly, just trying to keep in contact with them. We've done some team zooms just to talk, see each other. I mean, I miss the component of just being around the team, being around the guys and, and the other coaches and things like that. Um, obviously at the high school level, coaching, you know, is a passion. You love the sport. I'm not, we're not making millions of dollars. So it's, you, you thoroughly enjoy that time you have with those guys. So I'm missing that big time. Um, and yeah, it's been hard because we were super excited. I mean, we lost our playoff game in the States in March, I want to say. And, you know, April, I had guys ready to rock. But at that point, we had already been shut down. I mean, we our basketball game was one of the last. Our playoff game happened. They played the next games, I think, on two. We played on a Friday night. We lost. They played the next round on Tuesday. And then that was it. So, you know, we really didn't even get a chance to almost have an off season. So, just not being able to be around these guys, knowing, like I said, the expectations for next season, it's been hard just because we're so excited about getting in the gym and working out with all of our players and building them up. And, you know, like I said, just being around them, kids need to be around each other. And, you know, we've been hard for me to be locked in my house for this long and let alone, you know, a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. So basketball is unique in that kids on your team can just go to the local park and with the basketball and shoot hoops. Uh, obviously, a lot of parks have been shut down as a result of this, uh, especially in, in, in our area, Delaware County, uh, Swarthmore, Wallingford area. So uh, fill me in on what have you guys been able to do? I get the Zoom calls. Uh, and how have you been able to communicate with them outside of Zoom in terms of workouts or training? 
uh, or is, is everything just on hold? Are we still trying to get over this whole thing? Obviously, the academic year had to finish, got into summer, and I know you probably had a lot of off-season practice uh, scheduled, right? The pickup games, drills, et cetera. Yeah, so nor- a normal off-season schedule, we would have open gym three di- three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and, you know, Saturdays we kind of gauge just how many guys we have and, you know, interest. Usually we need to do three days a week because guys want to be in the gym. And then we do some spring and summer leagues, which are huge for us because, you know, basketball with continuity of plays and, um, you know, just playing with each other is, is huge. Um, so we kind of missed out on all that. You know, it's funny you mentioned the parks. A couple, Me and a couple of coaches went to um, a park by my house in Springfield to film some videos and the rims were taken off. So um, the funny part is with basketball, like you said, I tell kids when I do camps, when I do clinics, basketball is awesome. You can you can play basketball anywhere. You can And, and even if you don't have a hoop, I mean, Teams always are looking for guys that can dribble a basketball. So go to a parking lot, dribble the ball. I mean, if you can, dribble on your grass. Like, just find different places to dribble, um, work on your handle, um, and obviously other things, you know, defensive stances and things like that. You just need some space to move around and, and work on your lateral movement and quickness. Um, but you don't even need a basket most of the time. But it's been hard um, just because some guys, like, don't have a basket. I mean, some guys don't have a basketball, um, just depending on – you know their situation but uh we've just been trying to stay in touch we've kind of just let them know like if you're not sure what you need to be working on obviously contact one of the coaches we can tell you but basketball is unique in the situation that like there's only so much you can do dribbling wise there's no real new moves that are being invented you know like back in the day it was a crossover through the legs around the back you know some some change of pace and it's still kind of the same you know now like the nba there's some weird step backs that we're not going to discuss if their travels or not but you know, those things, things haven't changed. So kids know for the most part what they need to do and what their skill set is and, and um, you know, just kind of getting out on their own and doing it. So we've just kind of been checking in on that um, with them. But it's been hard, definitely been hard. Any word on training schedules with them? I mean, they've really – obviously you can't necessarily enforce anything, uh, whether it's cardio, exercise, no gym equipment available. So how, how much of a damper has that put on – obviously basketball is one thing, but training – uh, at least in my world, it's extremely important to prevent injuries. So uh, we're seeing it now and here already with baseball uh, and lacrosse even. that the, There's kids that are ending up in here with you know little league elbow and shoulder and so forth. So I want, I want to know what can be done, if anything. Have you thought about that, uh, especially from a training perspective? So um, when we went green in PA, they actually allowed – high schools to develop plans to start doing uh, athletic workouts. Um, at Strathaven, we've been kind of, um, you know, our board hasn't really, hasn't approved it fully yet, but other schools have started, you know, I would say like two or three weeks ago. Um, and Strathaven last week just approved it, their plan, but they're only going to use, let fall sports start working out. Um, but it has to be outside. So like you said, I, I think it gets tough with weight rooms and things, especially for high school kids. Uh, you know, not a lot of kids have a weight room in their basement or, or, you know, maybe they have a couple dumbbells or, you know, bench press or something, but um, not a lot of kids have weight rooms in their basement. So I think just trying to develop things for them to do. I mean, I, I, I don't know much about it other than what I've literally learned from you, but I've been putting kids on like the Herschel Walker plan, go for, go for a run, do some push-ups. like a push-up can't hurt you. Like every time there's a commercial and you're watching a game, do push or watching and been games on watching TV, just do some push ups as many as you can and max out. Like, so I think that's been another challenge, you know, like f- basketball was definitely a, you know, weightlifting sport, but I really wonder about like football, you know, with kids that don't have a weight room for football, how behind the eight ball are they going to be, you know, PIAA moves forward with the season. You know, a lot of kids probably haven't been able to work out as much as they should. And what will we see as far as injuries 
go with that when the season starts. They haven't been lifting. They're not, you know, probably in the best shape that they could be other than maybe just running and, and stuff they can do on their own. So I, I'm actually interested to see what happens with that because I know for me as a basketball coach, it's been a struggle. So I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of scared. Uh, to to see what's going to happen, I, I really am. I mean, it's going to be great for your business, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, 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 it's 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 kind of um. It, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. It's I think there there's going to be a transition period of kids who uh, are able to stay healthy, depending on how much overuse they get into and how quickly things ramp up. Uh, I'm hearing things are ramping up real fast for things like baseball, and I'm hearing that when school starts, everything's going to die down again. So I, I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm, I'm nervous, even from, like, professional and college sports. Those guys are, I mean, bigger, faster, stronger, but they're, uh, they're, not, in, they're not in shape. Uh, I, I wouldn't imagine so. At least most of them aren't. Uh, yeah. So, so what, are the, what are the consequences for that? And to me, it's like, a, it's like a culture thing. Like, our culture is so, like, one speed and, like, straight ahead. Like, we, we, you know, we go green and, like, this whole pandemic's happening and people just go nuts. And it's like, I'm going to the bar, I'm going here, I'm going there. And now we're kind of in a situation where I think, you know, things are worse now kind of than they were in March. So um, I, I worry about that with sports because, again, it's like, you know, these kids are high school kids. So it's like, would they get the green light to go play? I mean, I think about when I played or when you played, you, you, you had to, like, drag me off the court or off the field. Like, if like they're going to want to go full speed and they're not going to realize that maybe they're not ready or, you know, their body's not ready because they haven't been working out like they did, you know, the previous season. So yeah, I, I worry about that too. Cause we're just such a, like, Hey, it's, we're, we're playing, we're going, that's it. We're done. Like just full speed ahead. So um, I'm interested to see what happens with that as well. Tell me about the communication that you've had with the kids uh, in terms of them uh, maybe venting about what's going on and, and wanting to get back with the team uh, I, I'll add this, that uh, the 2019-2020 Strathaven basketball team went through something super unique where they had a, a, a classmate uh, actually commit suicide. And uh, I mean, like the color purple, right? Purple, uh, yeah. And it was like actually really, really cool. Like, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about it. Uh, getting that whole team came together like glue. And, and Chris, Coach Conley coming from the outside in, uh, was right at the middle of it, and I could, you know, we had spoken a few times, and I could even tell, like, it, it, you were wearing it on your sleeve. So uh, this is a tight-knit group. They're only losing four seniors. Uh, I'm sure, like, they're upset. They want to get together. Uh, so touch on that. Yeah, so, I mean, um, in the in the fall, I believe it was, uh, yeah, one of the students at Strathaven, you know, passed away, and, and a lot of the guys on the team were very close with her. Um, and like you said, I was new to the situation. I didn't, I don't teach, I didn't teach in the building. So I really didn't know her personally, but from, from all the, the community and the kids that I coached, just hearing about her, you know, she was very well loved and liked. And, um, they, they came to me and they wanted to do something in honor of her for our first game. So we, we dedicated our first game to her and we all wore, they wore purple shirts to warm up in. And I think a lot of them bought purple shoes like LeBron's, um, that they wore all season. Um, and, you know, one of our coaches, one of our assistants that teaches in the building at Strathaven was, you know, very close with that student as well. So um, it was just it was just nice to see the community come together. Her parents were at the game and, you know, they made an announcement about it and they were, um, you know, uh, collecting money that night for for a charity in her name. Um, and it was just, you know, like you said, I was new to the situation. And for that to be my that was my first game as a high school coach, as a head coach. I was nervous, but that made me comfortable just seeing how those people cared about, you know, the, the kids in the community and how they came together. And, um, yeah, the guys on the team are super close. They're frustrated right now. They want to 
they're kids. Like they want to be, they want to be around each other. They want to be with their friends and, and they want to be playing basketball. Um, so, you know, when we have open gyms, the hardest thing for me is, you know, I have a wife at home and now I have a daughter at home. Like I'm there and I'm like, Oh, I got to go. Like they won't leave the gym unless I literally kick them out sometimes. And we're talking like they've been there for two and a half hours and they want to just keep playing. So, um, yeah, they're, they're chomping at the bit. They get back in the gym and they're frustrated. I think they understand the situation. Um, but they're just frustrated that they can't be around their friends and they can't be with their team. Um, cause they are a really close knit group. It was really cool. That's awesome. I think that's special. Uh, the, I mean, that's the, sports. The, like, the, the sports. sports is is unbelievable in that regard of, of bringing people together. And, you know, I think at this point in time in our situation, I think that's why people want to see sports come back a little bit. And I think we forget that these professional guys are human beings as well. Like, we're like, oh, they should just go play. Like, no, like, they have families too they have to worry about. But also, I think sports do bring us together. I mean, I think back to, like, 9-11, that, that, that first baseball game, I think it was in New York, you know, you get, like you just say, you get goosebumps, like you get chills, like it just brings people together. And it, you know, that when Osama bin Laden got killed, the Phillies fans were chanting USA. Like, it's just like, you know, I think sports bring everyone together um, in, a, in a really good way most of the time. This has been a special podcast. This is pretty cool. Uh, as uh, some of you listeners may know, Chris is a good friend of mine. Uh, we were in each other's weddings and I, I'm super proud of him. This has been really cool to, to do this with you. Uh, this is part one. My takeaways, part one. Uh, trust wins. Uh, you know, as a young coach, uh, I think kids today can take advantage of certain situations, and uh, you know, I, trust wins. And it was cool that uh, trust won in, uh, against Pencrest, our our alma mater. I was wearing my my black and silver that day. So, uh, and uh, my second takeaway are the potential implications of of COVID and what uh, the kids are dealing with and what challenges this is, uh, how this is impacting our, our kids every day. And uh, we need sports, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the truth. You got any other takeaways, Chris? No, I would, I would agree. Um, you know, I try to be trustworthy in my teaching job and my, uh, in my coaching job. And I think that that works uh, with the kids and yeah, the COVID thing is just, it's kind of, kind of crazy. It sucks right now. It's, uh, it's hurting a lot of people mentally and, and physically. I think not being some kids not having access and being able to work out, I think, uh, is, you know, not great right now, but hopefully we can keep chugging forward and get over it. Always tomorrow. So hopefully we'll see what happens. Uh, please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, reach out to you and communicate with you. Uh, so on Twitter, you can follow me at coach Conlon, coach underscore Conlon, uh, same on Instagram. um, C-O-N-L-A-N. C-O-N-L-A-N, yep. Coach Conlon. All right, part two on deck. Uh, we're going to get into uh, here's a little sneak peek on uh, some of what the kids are dealing with today in terms of AAU sports, overuse injuries, uh, different tra- training uh, backgrounds, and, uh, and what the future holds for it. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the On Cue Performance Therapy Podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would mean so much to me if you could leave us a five-star review so more listeners like you could get this important information. See you next time.